Welcome to Hope from the Front Lines. Each week, we peek beyond the headlines, finding stories of struggle, passion, and strength from essential caregivers of color doing the heavy lift, protecting Chicago's most vulnerable during this COVID-19 pandemic. Lakeisha Collins won the Democratic primary for state representative of the 9th District of Illinois on March 17th, 2020. I am Lakeisha Collins. I am a former healthcare worker. I'm also working in a nursing home. She ran for office not with the experience of a seasoned politician, but as a healthcare worker, a union organizer, and a mother. While still needing to win her seat in the upcoming November election, she was appointed state rep this July when the former rep decided to retire. As a state rep, Her approach is to organize and educate her constituents to be active agents in the community. If you want to change, you know, the narrative, you have to get yourself into a position to do so. You have to be the change you want to see. I'm Ariel Mejia with Hope in Practice. I continuously ask myself these days, what does it look like to be hopeful? It's a word we hear all the time. I mean... It's even in the title of this podcast. But I found myself questioning, what does hope look and feel like? In times like these, a global pandemic meets a national uprising for Black lives, and that intersects with a collapsing economy, climate change, highlighting our deeply broken healthcare system, Wow! while it struggles to keep citizens alive and Sheesh. also make a vaccine that, depending on your source, could be months to years away. Woof. And not to mention what could be the most important election of our lifetimes just months away. My caramba. Well, hope is pivotal. You could say that again. We need it to persevere. <sighs> Living in a country whose leadership gives us not just mixed messages, but completely inaccurate information at times when it comes to COVID-19. I wanted to always play it down. I still like playing it down. Yes, sir. Because I don't want to create a panic. How can we know where to turn? Who can we trust? This is why hope brushes my fingertips, like a book on a high shelf out of reach, but isn't something that I can just grab with a confident, available hand. So much is completely unknown, a feeling that used to excite me, like an experience or lesson was around the corner and would teach me something that plans with a conscious path never could. And then, for this episode, I chatted with Representative Lakeisha Collins. In March of this year, she won the Democratic primary for state representative for the 9th District of Illinois. She ran a grassroots campaign against seven other candidates. I ran because... You know, I see, I live in a district where, you know, it goes from the west side of Chicago, North Lawndale, all the way to the tip of Lincoln Park. And there are disparities throughout the district. We see a tale of two cities, and it's majority a black district. There's been school closures. I have three kids who attend CPS. This is going to sound really cheesy, but I can't help it. Her story is the definition of hope to me. Collins is the first woman to represent this district. The ninth district seat in Illinois was held by the same family for nearly 40 years. Collins ran against more than just a few candidates. She ran against a political machine and won a competitive primary against big-name politicians. While she's heavily favored to win the general election in November, right now she holds the seat as a temporary appointment. I was working a minimum wage job in a healthcare facility where we took care of the most vulnerable people, 
But at the same time, I was struggling to pay my light and gas bill and put food on the table for my three sons. But I, I am one of the very rare who has walked those lines before. I know what it's like to be a healthcare worker, a fast food worker. I know what it's like to live in a community that, you know, is well put together, that has the resources, that's thriving. Um, and I know what it's like to live in a community that's disenfranchised. In an interview with Black Club Chicago, Collins says that her winning had everything to do with her constituents being able to see themselves in her. I was awarded a state, right? <laughs> I know what that feels like to go through a system that I didn't feel worked for me. But when it was fully funded, I was able to take advantage of program and services and get the help I need I needed um, to deal with the trauma that I was experiencing. And then, you know, going to society and turn around and find out that there was another big monster I had to face with working a minimum wage job. So, I mean, I've, I've been through all of that. So I understand it. To me as a working person, a biracial woman, someone who has always seen the value in speaking truth to power, I just found myself in awe. (laughs) (laughs) She's talking about the systems themselves that hurt people, which speaks ultimately to systematic oppression. She gets it because she's lived it. How many politicians can we say that about? So there's the school closures. There's not a lot of health food stores. When you go to one part of my district, there are vacant lots that could be filled with with families, but there's not. Um, And then there's, you know, violence in the community. And violence looks different on the north side and the west side. And so I just got tired of, you know, seeing the same old thing in politics where, you know, um, people pass seats down to each family member or friend and You know, I felt that it was the time for us to have a working class voice in this seat because this district has a lot of working class families who live in it and they don't have a lot of representation. And so I wanted to be the person to take on that challenge and, you know, right the wrong. And this this is where she took my breath away. You know, if you want to change, you know, the narrative, you have to get yourself into a position to do so. You have to be the change you want to see. Lakeisha Collins was a certified nursing assistant at a nursing home for 11 years before she stepped into a leadership role with her union. Organizing was her foundation to finding her power, she says. And a union that I'm proud to say I'm a part of, SEIU Healthcare, because they taught me how to fight. They taught me how to stand up and fight back against my boss. And that's where I got a lot of my power from, you know, bringing out my inner power. But that's where I got the confidence to say that this is not right. You know, you have to do better. And if you value us as the workers, then you'll show us. SEIU Healthcare is a union local affiliated with the Service Employees International Union, a union of over 2 million members across the U.S. and Canada. But right now I'm dealing with the civil unrest and the police accountability um, that we need in our state and our city and the pandemic. Because COVID-19 directly intersects with the movement for Black Lives, the civil unrest in her district is a focal point of her organizing as a state rep. The response to the social distancing was to over-police Black communities because the rates were higher, when in all actuality, we should have been making sure that those affordable housing units that CHA has was filling those up with families or opening back up mental health clinics and funding services that could have assisted them and made sure that they had proper PPE as well. 
and I think the pandemic has exposed every bit of the capitalism in our country. So what is her plan if she's elected in November and officially holds her seat? So right now I am working closely with the Black Caucus. We just set out an agenda yesterday, but I've also been, you know, just trying to figure out a lot of what the communities want that's in the district. A lot of them talk about housing, and that's my platform, making sure that we have affordable housing, whether that be to lift the ban on rent, which I am in support of that. More and more people are starting to organize, which is very important. Um, you know, community organizations, some are starting up solely off what's been taking place. Um, people are becoming, like I said, more aware of what's happening and who to be angry at and not each other. Rep Collins says organizing the community is helping them find their power to come together collectively to fight for what they need. She says she'll help by educating them on the resources out there and help them to identify their issues and who is responsible. She also plans to educate and engage them around politics and how it works for or against them. My point of view is always we can put as many bills into law, but it won't mean anything if we don't organize people around those issues and educate them on how these bills would affect them or benefit them. We have to get people involved, and that's what I plan to do as an elected official is to organize my community and make sure that their issues are being brought to the forefront, but that we're passing meaningful bills. Since winning the primary and being temporarily appointed to the state legislature seat, Representative Collins has continued to stand alongside her constituents and further the organizing happening in her district. She is standing alongside her people, or should I say, she's marching. On September 15th, as nurses from the University of Illinois were striking, there was Representative Collins with bullhorn in hand. They have a loophole in the Chicago campus where they get paid a state minimum wage instead of a city minimum wage. And the reason why that is bad for healthcare workers is because they're getting paid below the $15 that the city uh, minimum wage is now. You have workers who are making $10 to $12 an hour. And the cost of living in Chicago is extremely high and it's impossible for a lot of those workers to survive. So the fact that they have to make uh, poverty wages and struggle at home or pick up extra jobs and still struggle to make ends meet, that's added stress. And you already know when you have a lot of stress on you, you start to have health problems. And so these are some of the loopholes in the healthcare industry where they get away with paying poverty wages. When Mayor Lori Lightfoot initiated the use of pepper spray and force by the Chicago Police Department in mid-July to shut down a Black Lives Matter demonstration, Representative Collins, alongside other elected officials, signed a statement that condemned her decision to send Chicago police to beat, arrest, and terrorize the demonstrators and journalists gathered in Grant Park. This public statement also made it known they would start to work on defunding the police immediately. I'm not against the police, not at all. I have loved ones who serve in the force. But what I am against is over-policing in communities of color where there's already a disconnect against the police and the community. And Collins was there when the Chicago Teachers Union and parents gathered in Logan Square to express concerns over CPS fall plans. She spoke both as a mother concerned for the health of her asthmatic son and as a leader standing up for the rights of her constituents. Speaking to the Tribune, Collins said it was imperative, quote, that all communities, no matter the zip code, 
have access to the resources they need to complete online learning. Scrolling through any of her social media platforms, you'll see articles and current events featuring workers and their movements, webinars and live streams of people discussing the intersections of COVID with housing, with the movement for Black lives, with workers' rights. She's been consistently using her platform for the organizing of working people and people of color. Voting is important, regardless of what happened in 2016. It is important. It's very important. Getting involved in politics is very important because it plays a a role in your everyday life, right? Everything from going to the grocery store, driving your car, going to school, all of it has to do with politics. And if you don't have any say-so in it, then you're pretty much allowing someone else to make those, those decisions for you. And a lot of the times when someone else makes those decisions for you, it works against you. So you have to be involved. You have to pay attention, you know, um, and be a part of the process. Miriam Kaba, a community organizer and activist, says hope is a discipline. I heard that many years ago, and then I felt the sense of like, oh my God, that, that speaks to me as a philosophy of living. I interpret this to mean hope is a practice, and with practice, there is a rhythm and an intention to keeping at it. And I think of this conversation with Lakeisha as a piece of my practice towards hope. Maybe listening to her words here contributed to your practice of hope, and that in this deeply fractured time, due to safety and precaution and health, to stay distant and apart, the work to create collective power that blooms by community organizing is Representative Collins' angle for change. This goal of hers makes me feel like hope is something that we all can touch, a practice to actually engage in. My name is Ariel Mejia with Hope from the Frontlines. Thank you for joining Hope from the Frontlines. Our series is produced by Juneteenth Productions with funding support from the McCormick Foundation. Join us next week for another story of struggle, passion, and strength from essential caregivers of color protecting Chicago's most vulnerable during this COVID-19 pandemic. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are available. Do you have a story to share? Join us in the ongoing conversation on our Facebook page, Hope from the Frontlines. Lines.